Hello and welcome to Views from the Market, Mid-Market Private Equity and M&A in Canada. My name is Mario Negro. I'm a partner in the Private Equity and M&A Group at Steichman Elliott. For today's podcast, I'd like to introduce Mary Ng. Mary is the Minister of International Trade, Export Promotion, Small Business and Economic Development for the Government of Canada. Minister Ng, thank you for joining us and welcome. Hi, Mario. It's really terrific to be here with me. And please, I know you're calling me Minister Ng, but you know what? Why don't we just go with Mary? <laughs> Mary, thank you. We're really honored to have you join us today. Thank you for taking the time out of your busy schedule. We always start our podcast by asking our guests to tell us a little bit about themselves, about what they do. And so our listeners would love to hear more about you and what you do in terms of your role with the government of Canada. Absolutely. Well, you read out the title, which is International Trade, Export Promotion, Small Business and Economic Development. I often tell business people in Canada. I'm Canada's minister for startup, scale-up, and access in those international markets. So the prime minister, when he put the two files together, and when I say two files, I mean the small business file and also the international trade file, it really is in recognition that in Canada, 99% of our businesses are small and medium-sized businesses. And Canada is a trading country. Two-thirds of our economy depends on trade. One out of six jobs in Canada is related to trade. And as a trading country and having the incredible small and medium-sized businesses that we have across the country, we only export 12% and largely to the United States of America. And yet Canada is a country where we are the only G7 country with a free trade agreement with every other G7 country. So trade, diversifying it, helping our small and medium-sized businesses, as I said, to start up in Canada, to scale up. And in that scaling up, accessing those opportunities, those customers, and those markets in the international marketplace, that is my job. Minister uh, Mary, if I may ask, you know, one of the um, interesting parts about your role, and you had said it very well, is obviously you're focused on the small and medium-sized businesses. And the kind of focus of the government tells us kind of a sense of where new sectors, new economy, new opportunities for our world, for the deal world for M&A activity. We kind of see it in the stuff you're doing today becomes the opportunities for us tomorrow. So if I can ask a bit about what you're working on and where you're focused on, that gives us a bit of an idea of where we in the community I work in kind of can see opportunities. And so would love to find out from you a little more about where the government's focus is on supporting businesses and sectors and industries and just the opportunities for the economy that you're focused on. Sure. Let me answer that in two ways. Let me tell you where we're focused on and then what we're focused on. As I said earlier, we are a trading country with incredibly strong trade agreements all around the world, quite candidly. We have access to about a billion and a half customers through our existing free trade agreements. We have a strong agreement. Many, many people know about NAFTA and we now in Canada call it QUISMA. In the U.S., they call it USMCA. In Mexico, they call it TMEC. But it's NAFTA 2.0, and that's our trade agreement with the United States and Mexico. And it is decades long, and it is very, very important to the Canadian economy. And I'm speaking to you from Ontario, and as an Ontario member of Parliament, with an incredibly strong automobile sector, this is hugely important. To give people, to give your listeners a sense of the trade volumes that we do, we do just under $2 trillion worth of trade with the United States and Mexico. It's $4 billion a day. That's the kind of volume we're talking about. And the automobiles that we've been making together in this incredibly integrated way, 
Tomorrow's automobiles are going to be electric vehicles. The United States have passed the Inflation Reduction Act, which we see in Canada as a real opportunity for Canada and the United States to be working together in the green economy of the future, automobiles being part of it. But broadly speaking, green aluminum, green steel, digital, I mean, the range of industries, you know, that companies today are being created and certainly those in the future that is going to contribute to the green economy, I think is what you're going to see a lot more of. You're already seeing those incredible investments that have come to Canada from around the world on what is a battery ecosystem here in Canada. The other place that we're very focused on in the world is that we have a very strong trade agreement with the European Union. It's about six years now. And when I look at the trade volumes ever since it coming into force in 2016 to now, it's increased by about 30%. So trade volumes have increased between Canada and the European in our exports, in our imports. The other place is in the CPTPB, so the Comprehensive and Progressive Trans-Pacific Partnership. So it's with countries like Japan and Singapore, Australia, New Zealand, Mexico is in there, Vietnam is in there. So these are emerging, developing, and strong markets like Japan, who's in the CPTPP, those volumes of trade have also increased. So that gives you a sense of just the where in last. And just maybe a final point on that. At the end of 2022, my government released the Indo-Pacific strategy, which simply means that we are going to pursue more opportunities in a part of the world that is seeing tremendous growth and will continue to see tremendous growth. I'm at the negotiating table with the ASEAN countries. So this includes those who are not in the CPTPP, like the Philippines, like Thailand, like the Indonesias, but also at the trade table with Indonesia. Indonesia has 280 million people. This is a big market. So part of the job is opening up market access to these different opportunities and customers around the globe and with a focus to building and continuing to yield the benefits of the agreements we have today, but also pursuing growth into those markets that are absolutely growing where Canada wants to have a deep presence for our future growth. And then in terms of the what, I already talked about, we have a saying in our government where we say that the environment and the economy can go hand in hand. And it does. And you're starting to see that. You're seeing that in, like I said, in automobiles. But you're starting to see that in, you know, in Canada providing, being a reliable energy, clean energy source to other parts of the world, whether it is hydrogen, whether it is critical minerals that we have an abundance of in our far north. And not only just mining those critical minerals and sending them out, it is mining them, but also attracting investment and investing in processing in Canada. And then that processing will then make its way into whether it's consumer products, whether it's health technologies, whether it's semiconductor and chips. You can see that Canada is so well positioned. And maybe the final point I would say is if you take a look at what the world is, where it looks like today, the war, Russia's illegal invasion of Ukraine, the democracies that underscore and that respect the rule of law and the rules-based trading system, it positions Canada incredibly, incredibly well and competitively because people do want to do business with Canada. And that is what I'm finding in all of my work with colleagues around the world. Mary, I know that the government has been talking about friendshoring and, and really kind of focusing on trade with 
friends, if you want to call it that, people who have the same values we do. Can you tell us a little bit more about what that means on the ground? Like, is that from a government contract point of view? Like you said, is it encouraging trade with friends? And I know that the government is really messaging, you know, doing trade with friends. I want to get a sense from you on what that means for you and the government on the ground. Yeah, I think this is a real opportunity where government is partnering with the private sector. And what I hear from private sector or the challenges that they face during the pandemic in terms of, you know, sort of supply chains, for example, that have not been as reliable through that period as they used to be. You look at what's happening right now in Europe and how, for example, Europe or Germany, for example, is getting energy and where they have gotten it from Russia and that that has been an issue for them since the beginning of the war. So countries really are looking at who to do business with. And when we say French what does that really mean? It means doing business with those who respect the rule of law, to those who you can depend on, to those where you have modalities in your trade agreements, for example, that allow you the recourses that you would have with your partner that you can depend on. So maybe a practical example that I can share is recently I was with our prime minister in Mexico with the Mexican president who was hosting the North American Leader Summit. And of course, President Biden was there. So the three leaders of North America were together. We hosted as well businesses of all sizes from all three of our countries so that we're convening sort of those opportunities so that they can really sort of see the partners that they may have to look at how they might get into each other's value chain and supply chains in a predictable and a reliable way, and that they look at the investment opportunity, one that is attractive because the risks of doing business is mitigated because of the way in which we work, which is underlined by, in this case, a very robust free trade agreement. Mary, I want to build on some of the um, sector discussion. I know the government's been focused on green economy, the, you know, electric batteries, the entire kind of electric car space. We've talked a bit about those two. Venture capital, the government's, you know, we've seen it on the ground, the commitment of the government to venture capital, what it's kind of done to really promote. Any other sectors that you see from a kind of forward thinking, or maybe I'm asking you to give us a hint of where you're going to be spending your time in the next little while so people can get ready, because obviously the resources that the government commits to a sector leads to opportunities for activity, for economic activity, for M&A activity. So not asking you to give us the secret sauce, but other areas that you are focused on that you say, hey, we are going to be, you know, we got a budget coming up. There's a lot happening in the near future where you're like, hey, these are going to be sectors we're focused on. Hey, keep your eyes open for these sectors because the government's really focused on it. Yeah, I mean, that's a really good question. And maybe I'll pick up on the point that you started with, which has to do with venture capital. You know, a number of years ago, well, even today, if I talk to businesses, one of the key issues that they raise with me is the ability to get capital, the preferably non-diluted capital as much as they can, of course, to grow their business. And for us in the Canadian government, we put out funds like the Venture Capital Catalyst Initiative, where we work with the other fund partners. You know, the federal government puts sort of a dollar in, for example, and the private sector goes and raises actually pretty much, it's pretty good. It's three to one. And they are investing in these terrific companies across the country. So anything that has to do with sort of solutions for climate change, which I talked about, and they are broad from, you know, anything in the circular economy to things like electric vehicle, but things like digital health, for example, right, or AI solutions that are helping to propel, you know, to 
be an enabler of solutions in traditional sectors. I'll give you an example. I met a terrific AI company that is now very much a part of Japan's transportation system. And it really is about a bus route that no longer has a route it, because the AI is driving the service to customers, to citizens through their app, if you will, through their AI technology, but working with something that is very traditional like transportation. So you're seeing those kinds of very innovative types of companies that the government is investing in investing through, you know, through the range of programs and supports that we have. But maybe I'll actually also say this, what I'm seeing, because we've actually made a very deliberate investment choice as well, are in female entrepreneurs, right? And here's the numbers. I lead Canada's first only, like the first ever women's entrepreneurship strategy. It's about a $4 billion investment. But what's the return on investment? $150 billion, the Canadian economy, just by adding more of those women entrepreneurs. And they are in a range of sectors. I mean, from, you know, consumer goods to retail, but also all the way, you know, to health tech and clean tech. And it's really, really dynamic to see that. And I'm seeing real traction because while I'm an economic minister or a minister with an economic file, I don't do this work alone. We have just created past policy invested in you know, $10 a day childcare, right? So affordable childcare that actually is going to help these women-led businesses really supercharge their businesses by being able to do both. We've also, you know, when I was in Israel recently, they said to me, look, a real game changer they were saying to us is our parental leave. I mean, the ability for a female founder, leader to be able to run her company and have her partner, you know, sort of take up the parental leave piece really allows you know, really allows that company to grow. So we're sort of doing a lot of work in the inclusive growth space as well. And I would encourage, you know, I would encourage your listeners and the Canadian marketplace to really look at those entrepreneurs and those businesses as well, because it is dynamic and I'm seeing some real success there. Mary, I always ask our guests to tell us a little bit about what they see coming up in the future, you know, what their perspective is on the market in the next six or 12 months. And obviously in government, you obviously have a different perspective on it. And of course, things change so much. But when you look at the next six or 12 months, can I ask you what you're seeing, what the government's focused on? You know, we call it the crystal ball question for our guests, which is what's your expectations for the next six to 12 months? And what do you see in terms of the economy and where we're going? Well, I think the work that I certainly am focused on is continuing to support our Canadian businesses as they start and as they grow. Things are tighter today, and therefore, it is going to be tougher for some of our businesses, particularly those that are in the more innovative sectors, those that are looking for that capital, those that are looking to make those decisions to grow. One of the things that I think sets, you know, sets us up really well here in Canada is that we have, like today, when I talk to businesses, what is the pain point for them? Getting labor, skilled labor. And we are so strong in Canada with probably one of the lowest unemployment rates that we've had in our history. But what that means is that this strong labor market will help us weather the challenges that businesses are facing in this near term. We're going to continue to be there to sort of, you know, help those businesses grow and to grow by accessing those global opportunities, whether it's in the U.S. or, you know, in Europe or in Japan, in Asia, et cetera. And I think that this next period is very much continuing the work that we will do. I mean, the organizations that I have under my responsibility include, you know, 
some that are familiar to you, right? I mean, Export Development Canada that provides critical sort of export insurance for those companies operating abroad. The Canadian Commercial Corporation is actually a facility that the Canadian government has where we do government to government contracting. So, for example, in Asia and Singapore, they are pursuing big infrastructure projects. Well, sometimes the Canadian companies that are bidding on those, particularly when they're big infrastructure projects, are more successful if we are able to do sort of a government-to-government contract that becomes sort of a bit of an umbrella to allow our Canadian companies to get into those opportunities. So we're going to keep doing that. The Trade Commissioner Service, for anyone who doesn't know who they are, they are Canada's best business development team in the world. And they're there to help Canadian companies get out of the Canadian market and into those global marketplaces. Domestically, the Business Development Bank of Canada has been a real bank, if you will, a real, you know, sort of provider of capital to small businesses and to entrepreneurs. So I've got a really good suite of tools at the federal government, all aimed at helping our Canadian businesses grow and helping them be successful and to enter into those markets in the international marketplace. So we're going to just keep doubling down on that work. The one thing I will say, Mary, having actually used the trade commissioners, even for my work, they are very customer friendly or very supportive. So I, I mean, for people who don't know trade commissioners, they're pretty much every major, if I could say that right, Mary, yes. every major city yeah. has a trade commissioner. And if you want to do business in that jurisdiction, you just look, right, you look them up. I mean, I've done it for myself. You look them up and you reach out to them and they will yeah. help you contact you with what local business contacts. So I will yeah. say that the, the trade local commissioners are real. Local investors, um, yeah. And, yep. and, you know, they're free. They're made to help businesses. So I know I've seen those in action. So I actually really like trade commissioners. So it's a great program. Minister, I want to thank you for joining us. It's been super appreciated to have you here. I know you have a busy schedule. Great to get your perspective on what the government's working on, on the focus, and kind of give us a sense of where you're going for the future and to give us a sense of the sectors that the government's prioritizing. So we really appreciate having you joining us. And thank you for your time. And thank you for being with us today. Thanks so much, Mario. It was awesome to talk to you.